All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one of your hosts, the vet, um, on injury reserve right now. White <laughs> at 517-2214. Joined again by my illustrious co-host, the brains behind the operation, the young basketball prodigy, um, my homie. Young SJ at SJ Basketball Eight. SJ, how you feeling? It's beautiful Sunday. Uh, well, it's your afternoon. It's still our morning. Yeah, I mean it's not that beautiful, but here um, I'm doing all right. We had a snowstorm this weekend. Word. I've been like, yeah, I've been inside um, pretty much the whole weekend. It, it was crazy. I, yesterday finally like stopped snowing. I went outside. My goodness, the inches, it was crazy. So I was like, yeah, this is a weekend where I just, you know, stay in. And I mean, it's kind of sunny now. I hope it's melting by now. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how my weekend has gone. How about you? I had a, I had a good weekend. Um, we joke about me being old a lot. I went to my first game uh, since the playoffs last year, and uh, I had a great time. We we packed Great. up we packed up our old coach. I hit them streets uh, with my brother, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, I'm old. I'm old. Like uh, you know, my brother is just turned thirty, so he's still he's single, no kids. He in shape, so he's still in them streets heavy, and I tried to keep up with him. And uh, yeah, I ain't built for it. I'm not built for it. But I had a good time though, for real. It was. It was real fun for it to be the Pacers on a Saturday night. I was shocked at how many people was at the game. Like it oh, was, come on. It was Rick Rick coming back and all that. Yeah, I I, I would be shocked at that. I was I was surprised. Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's still, excuse me, it's still the Pacers. But the, the crowd was into it. And uh, Mavs gave us, gave us a show. It was dope. It's actually... Oh, yeah. Shit, man, I, I've I broke my three game losing streak. Last three games I've been to in person, we got popped. So hopefully this is this is a turn. But um, yeah, let's get into it. What around the NBA in the last week have you seen that caught your eye or made you laugh <laughs> that you wanted to discuss? All right. So um, I mean, you kind of hinted about making you laugh. And I mean, I think I, you know, touched on them in the last episode, but the Wizards, the Wizards, the Wizards, the Wizards, they are so fraudulent. Like, I am shocked. Like, okay, not shocked in the sense that I knew they were going to come back down to earth. Like, there was no way they were going to, they were, they started at what, 10 and it was like 10 and 3. Like, there was no way they were going to keep winning at that pace. Mm. However, the fact that they, fell so harshly back to earth so quickly it's like what the hell happened you know what I mean it's like what changed and I mean there's a lot of different things and it's funny because um Wizards fans they started doing like you know posting spaces too and theirs is pretty um hilarious too but um I I was in there briefly um last night and I think it was one of my mutuals I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name um I might butcher it, um, but he made a good point to me. He said at the start of the season, you know, guys were motivated. Um, it was a new coach, um, and they're, they kind of hung their hat on defense at the beginning of the season. I remember, like, they were holding opponents to under. It was like they had a streak going of their own where they were holding teams to under, like, I think it was, like, under 90 points. It was something crazy, not even, even under 100. It was, like, under 90 points. And um, he was saying that part of that, or probably majority of that, is probably attributed to the fact that everyone was shooting horribly, you know, to start the season, like across the league, horrible shooting splits, and that, you know, teams weren't adjusted to, you know, what Wes Unsell Jr. wanted to do, you know, both on the offense and defensive end. And then as, you know, games go by, as the season progressed, people got used to them, (laughs) like people adjusted. And from there, it's it's just it's just bad all around. And then Dinwiddie, he was their big, you know, free agent 
kind of acquisition. You know, he was excited to be in Washington, you know, to kind of have a primary offensive role again, because if you recall before he tore his ACL um, in Brooklyn or the partial tier, um, he was a spot-up shooter. He was horrible. I remember um, thinking, yeah, Denwoody definitely isn't going to, you know, sign an extension with them because with, you know, James Harden, Kyrie, KD, there's one ball. So he's not going to get to create it, especially since they were starting him. I remember they opted to bring Karis before, you know, they traded him. Karis was the sixth man and they wanted to start Dinwiddie. And I just thought that was just a bad fit for him because Dinwiddie, just nothing about his game screams off ball, like spot up shooter, just nothing about his game. So um, he was excited to go to Washington because, you know, he'll, obviously get more on-ball reps, all that, and a starting job next to, you know, someone he could play off of, like a Bradley Beal, solid role player. It seemed like a good gig. You know, to most people, I feel like it seemed like a good gig. But I just don't know, man. He has been horrible, and it's just the meshing him and Beal just has not worked. And I just don't know why, because Beal can play off-ball, even though, um, like, in recent years, he, he has led – I believe he has led the league in like usage rate for the past like couple seasons. Um, and obviously people just attribute to, oh, well, the Wizards suck. But um, he can play off ball and next to like a, a point guard that needs the ball because he played next to John Wall. And um, just their styles, in theory, it should work, but they just haven't meshed. And a quote <laughs> that came out last night that I just have not stopped laughing at, like genuine laughter, <laughs> like real, real life laughter. I have not stopped laughing at it. And it makes sense as to why they probably haven't meshed on court like that too. So then what he said, um, the question was asked to him, uh, have you tried to be like a leader? You know, cause I believe they're on like a five game. I don't know how many games, but they're on a skid. They're on like a real serious losing streak right now. And they asked him, like, have you tried to be a leader? And he said, well, at the beginning of the season, I tried to speak up and it wasn't welcome. <laughs> and to me, I'm just imagining him in that locker room trying to rally the troops and they tell him to, like, shut up and dribble. Like, shut your ass up. <laughs> and, like, stop talking to us. Because, I mean, at the beginning, now his stats look up. I guess slightly better. He's averaging, like, what, 13 points per game on, like, 38% shooting. But at the time... I believe, like, at the beginning of the season, he was averaging, like, eight points. Like, he was really not doing anything out there. So, I mean, I get it. And, I mean, presumably, I feel like we all assume that Beal was probably the one that, you know, didn't really appreciate him trying to speak up. Because, I mean, it makes sense. Because the, that Wizards talking was a lot of new faces. And I can't see anyone else. Like, you know, Bertans, he doesn't have the pull to tell Dinwiddie to shut up. You know, like, it's, it's really only Beal. That makes sense. So um, the fact that that happened, you know, behind closed doors, it kind of makes more sense to why um, kind of Dinwiddie looks so passive to on the court. Because it's not just that he's not making shots. He's not even taking them. Like he's, you know, he's going one for three, one for five, one for six. Like your starting point guard is only taking like three, four, five shots in a game. Like that's, the, mm -mm, that's not, um, something's clearly wrong. The reports came out that they, um, they're looking to move Dinwiddie since he has a mesh of deal. And I mean, sure, at this point, who, what, what's the return you're going to get for Dinwiddie at this point? He's, um, I don't want to say injury prone, but he's a bit of damaged goods. He, he tore his ACL like five different times already. That's probably an exaggeration, but it was more than once. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Oh, uh, just aside, I think he up to three, not even. Right, three, not, yeah, exactly. Not even playing yeah, so three times tearing it. Granted, ACL tears aren't, you know, as crazy as it used to be, but three times, that's a little bit of a red flag because that means you definitely tore one of them twice. <laughs> like, three times you tore one of them twice. So, um, I don't know. And plus, he hasn't been producing, so I don't know what value you're going to get right now. And Beal is not a number one. I feel like everyone knows that. And, I mean, he's comfortable with pretending to be one um as long as he gets his checks you know he's comfortable where he's at and that's fine but to me loyalty and all that sometimes loyalty kind of hinders an organization and um I don't know they have tough decisions to make because right now they're currently 11th in the um east 
And I don't see them like cracking the plan because Atlanta just overtook them. Atlanta is going to get better. Um, I don't see Boston, even though Boston has played like 500 balls the whole time, I don't see them like, you know, falling below the Wizards again. The Raptors are wild cards. So they might take maybe the Raptors spot. Um, but other than that, I don't see an avenue for them to, plus their point differential is horrible. Um, so I just really don't see um, an avenue for them to get back into like the playoff playing picture. So I just don't know what they do. I really don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that was the team I definitely wanted to talk about um, in detail. Cause what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they uh they have lost five straight, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm you know I looked up Dinwiddie's stats like he was good the first during that first little stretch, and as soon as he started stinking, the team started stinking, and he's pretty much stunk. I mean, he had a little some little blips here and there. Yeah, like, when Beal was out, yeah, plays yeah. okay with Beal out, but when Beal's in, I feel like they've had maybe like one or two games this entire season where they both like played well in the same game. Yeah, and, and they just, they just look bad. It's, I, I, I'm curious because I think we could use them. I don't know. I, I We can use them, but I'm starting to think we don't stick to our guys. But Daniel Gafford is out the rotation. And yeah, that's another piece. I'm sorry, I forgot to bring up too. And it's interesting because he just signed the extension, right? He can't be traded this season. Oh, so he can? Like, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't think he can. So okay. it's like, um, what are you doing? Only, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But yeah, continue. Yeah, and I, I just, I, they have so many pieces I would like here. Um, I think I threw it on the timeline of the day. Um, our boy Xavier, he keeps saying, you know, if we resign Jalen, he's gonna he's gonna be a bad contract. And he used Buddy Hield as an example, and I'm like, shit. Buddy Hield almost got you, Kyle Kuzma and KCP. Like that trade was literally agreed to. Like, uh, who's dead ass thought he was on his way to Sacramento? And his agent had told him everything. I'm like, bro, if that's the worst case scenario for Jalen in a few years, sign me up. I tra- I don't. I think I trade Jalen for them two dudes right now. That's probably just me, but I just I don't know what's wrong with them because they the pieces make sense and they have a lot of good players. And I just don't think people. I think the vibes are off. Um, vibes are definitely off. Yeah, and yeah. they sometimes too much depth too might be a bad thing too because. I, forget, I don't know if it was the last game of the game before because um, I've been watching them a little bit more recently because I want to figure out like what the heck is going on. Yeah. They rolled out like an 11-man rotation in the first half. Oh, <laughs> I'm wow. like, yeah, and that's what happens when you have solid guys that, you know, a lot of them deserve minutes, but it's just like um, you can't realistically play everyone, you know what I mean? Because you still want, you know, the lion's share of minutes going to your best players. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they need to – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Yeah, they 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 probably just need to consolidate some of that because Kuz and KCP um, and uh, Montrez, you know, they – I think they uh, – I know Kuz don't expire until next year, but KCP and Trez expire this year. So they can dump them. They can move them along easily, and there won't be any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, speaking of kind of the reverse of what's going on in Washington, the team I want to touch on is our, I don't know if they still count as our nemesis, but the Atlanta Hawks, they, uh, I, I started watching them after the Cam Reddish trade, just because they had stunk. I was trying to figure out what the hell was happening. I know they wasn't playing defense, they was playing offense. But they were on their way to being one of the worst teams in the league with Trey Young, Trey, with Trey Ballin. And I couldn't figure out why they looked so bad. And I think they played the Heat the first game after Cam Reddish got traded. And they ended up losing the game, but that first half was like one of their best oh, yeah. total halves of basketball. And they, the Heat ended up packing them up. 
but it, it was a close loss. And they dead ass ain't lost since that game. And I know uh, my man came back, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and that has improved the defense. And they started giving double O uh, some more minutes. And he's starting to look like a thing. I thought he was more of a four than a five, but I don't know. Even kind of holding well, it down. No, I think it's a, I think he's, a, he's just obviously has a size advantage being six eight. But yeah. now I always saw him as like a modern, like, day type five with what he can do um you know offensively and defensively yeah and, and they, they they've been balling and i they they were so far like i think they're still what <laughs> they're 10th right now they're, i think they're, they're a playing team definitely yeah they're, they're a playing team but no, they was in the eastern conference finals last year so that's how bad they were they won six straight games and that got them to the 10th seed. So it's uh, it's interesting to see what they develop. Um, I, I think they're going to be fine moving forward, but something mm-hmm. I've been paying attention to just, I've consumed so much content this last week about trade rumors and who's going to get traded and who's not going to get traded. Um, Doc, I think John Collins is out of there in the summer. Oh, really? He may oh, be in the out. summer, okay. okay. He, he, I see in the summer. I see Yeah, I think this little stretch of play is going to, I don't think they move him, uh, you know, in the next two weeks. Well, should not even two weeks, 10 days, 11 days. So I don't think that's going to get them. I don't, I, I think they'll ride this out, you know, try to make the playoffs, make the play and cause some havoc. But I think they're at it because I've heard What's my man, uh, Jake Fisher? Basically said they're calling teams like, "Hey, what you what you trying to give for John Collins? What you trying to give for John Collins?" And from what I'm hearing, the, and then I listen to the Dunk on Pod, and they like, "Bro, his value is so low that like matching expiring salaries and a first round pick will get you John Collins." Like they, it, it's it's weird because I didn't want John Collins last year. But in watching him of late, I'm like, you know what? We could work with that. If we could teach Dwight Powell to move his feet and play positional defense. And he's shooting 40% from three. And you know what him and Luca would do in that lob in the pick and roll as a lob threat. I'm like, I don't know. You could talk me into John. I know he got that a long contract, but shoot. I think it's what, four years and 100 million left. I don't know. I could be talked into that for the Mavs, but. Either way, whether he comes to the Mavs or not, I think he's out of there. But it's really, really interesting how we talk about vibes. The Wizards have bad vibes. The Atlanta Hawks just removed the dude off their team. Didn't I mean they played uh, Kevin Knox a little bit, but not really. But just getting Cam Reddish off their team pretty much saved their season. And I know a lot of Mavs fans are like, oh, my God, you're, they, they value chemistry too much. They value chemistry so much. And it's like, I, I understand. I, I hear y'all. But that shit's real. <laughs> that shit is real. And that shit has a, a tangible output on results on the court. And I, I just think that should be acknowledged because those things are literally happening with other teams around the league. Like, they basically traded... Hey, I think Cam Reddish was maybe third or fourth in minutes played for the Hawks this season. And they just essentially gave him away and they got better immediately. So sometimes you got to get that cancer about your locker room. And uh, I like Cam Reddish. I don't know what the hell is happening in New York to where he's just not playing. And apparently tips say he ain't going to play. So it's like, what the hell did y'all trade him for? Yeah, I don't get that either. Um, yeah. And Tibbs, they said that from the jump. So, I mean, Tib, we just thought Tibbs was bluffing, but he didn't. Like, as soon as the trade went through, he said he's going to have to, you know, work his way into minutes. He, Tibbs had no plans on legit, like, playing them. Yeah, and it's just weird. So, and I actually, I'm going to touch on them. <laughs> Let's just hit both of our nemesis, right? Yeah. Hey, man, ah, the Knicks stink. The Knicks they stink. They stink for real, though. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've watched their last three games, and I'm just like, dog, it's so funny. That that Julius Randle contract is abysmal. It ain't even started yet. 
And I don't see how he just magically turns that around. The way he plays, he he he's playing the same way he did last year. He's just not making them fucking shots, and he don't try no more. He he is. I don't know what that brother is going through. Um, I hope everything in his life. I hope his mental health is okay, because he just looked like he don't want to play. He looked like he going through it. And he's struggling. Like a lot of these dudes. Um, because if you watch like even at the beginning of the season like vibes are great when they were like okay you know they weren't didn't they weren't they like seven and two they were like winning at a high rate too at the beginning of the season and the vibes are great and now all of a sudden the vibes are bad it's because he's not playing well you know he's been a brick for like the granted he's been a brick kind of the whole season but especially the past like two let's say month the past month has been gone awful and that's really when his body language issues and um everything else started it's because of his play and to me guys that if i'm being on body language and it's like you said about like chemistry like some of these things or you know that can be classified as kind of like intangibles it actually provide like it 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 matters like it just matters and things like body language i'm big on like you know, especially your star players, you know, having proper body language. That's why I don't like when Luca, like, he gets beat on defense or if he can't make a shot, don't don't hang your head and drag your feet up the court. I hate when Tim does it too. Like, if you look at Tim, he's probably one of the worst on the teams at it. If his shot is not falling, he's pouting, he's hanging his head, he's doing it. Like, don't, like, that, it, it's kind of, things like that are kind of infectious, you know? Um, so as the leader, especially like you're Julius Randle, like you're no one else on the Knicks is even close to being a star. You're like the all-star, you know, second team, all NBA. You can't be hanging your head. He's outside of huddles. Did you see that clip? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, huddle, yeah. He, he he's sitting outside a huddle. You're not LeBron James. Like, who <laughs> are you? And he's, um, you saw the clip where I think it was Fournier was trying to give him a high five and he was like pushing him out the way like don't touch me and telling fans to shut up and like he is this is crazy to me like this is unacceptable if I was a Knicks fan I would not be okay with it especially since um they hated Porzingis for this reason you know part partly for this reason um I would not be okay with that no they <laughs> They they are packing them up. They are like I've been I've been jumping in some of their spaces and man, this is one cat that be in the hoop spaces named Sean. He he's pretty entertaining cat, real, real knowledgeable about about the game. And he he I did he been saying this shit for a minute. Like it, to me, I feel like the rest of us non Nick fans, uh, it's just now we starting to realize how serious it was because they they played so bad away, but he was saying this shit even when they was losing, like, man, he ain't that guy. He uh he pouts and just the way his game works. Like I've heard a lot of people say his game, his glow up last year, depended on him making a lot of really hard shots. Yes. And yeah. it's just going to be hard to keep making those shots with someone of his talent level. And I thought okay you know he, he did it for a whole goddamn season maybe that's just who he is now you know we've seen that and nah nah he them shits is a brick now and he's shooting them just as much like mm-hmm. they go like they going in and i think when we talk about culture and chemistry when your leader who just got the bag i is like especially with them because their backups come in and always get them back in the game Mm-hmm. starters stink so i'm sure them dudes looking at him like this dude just got all this money he's a fucking brick but still want to shoot all the goddamn time and we got to come clean it up so i know they looking at him with the side eye. i know they are i know they are and chemistry matters man i think that's the title of the pod actually so <laughs> yeah and just another note um to that too with that um I just think the Knicks, they are in a weird spot because they're the Knicks. So you can, you know, they have good contracts to trade, you know, um, players of decent value, some young guys. So they can push their chips for somebody. I mean, obviously the issue is who's available, 
you know, but they're just like Randall is like like you said that contract is like an albatross and it didn't even start yet so it's like next i just find the irony i'm not gonna lie i revel in it a little bit just the irony where they thought they got out of you know a bad contract in porzingis only to get another one <laughs> so that's that and if you didn't see the julius randall regression season coming i i just don't understand how because like you said and like you know the guy sean said he was making tough shots in empty gyms coming off of eight months. People forget he was coming off of eight months off due to the pandemic and the Knicks not making the bubble and all that. Like he was coming off eight months fresh, no no fans, none of that. So of course he was going to make everything. Now the reel is back and he's, <laughs> and, and he's fraudulent. So yeah. 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 He, I, I'll be honest. We're going to get into this later, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't trade Tall Man number six for him. I'm, I'm cool with our problems we got right now with only <laughs> two more years left on the contract. Like, because he's been that bad. He don't try on defense either. Like, he, when I say he ain't trying, he ain't trying. It's kind of crazy. But um, anyway, going to get into a team where the, the vibes are immaculate, where the, yeah, chemistry, where the chemistry is a – is cooking. We looking real good. Our Dallas Mavericks. Um, man, we just saw last time we spoke. I think we went four and one or three and one in that time. Um, I think we packed up the Grizzlies, packed them boys up expeditiously, got them out of there. Uh, Luca let John know what time it was. If anybody else had any questions, I think we got uh, we got beat by the the Suns. I, I kind of. I'm sorry, the Warriors. I kind of knew that was coming. I didn't think we'd lose yeah. that bad, but we beat the shit out of them on Dirk's jersey night, and them boys got too much pride to let a team like us. We, we just not better than them. So I knew they was going to give I, – I knew we'd lose, but I didn't think it was going to be like that. And then uh, we packed up uh, – we packed up old, old Rick – you evil Jim Carrey, he caught that L. So we had a good week. I like what I saw. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with where the team is at. What, what did you think? Yeah, so I, um, I mean, going back to the Grizzlies game um, that we played on Sunday, I mean, we have the Grizzlies number, I think. Um, and granted, um, I know they were missing a lot of rotation players in that game. That's not what. Um, no, they, had, they had their two best players. Exactly. Shit, I don't exactly. want to hear that shit. Exactly. And I know they didn't have um, Brooks and Grizzlies fans are like convinced, you know, Brooks is a Luca stopper. And granted, why he has played Luca well, like there is like, I said the same about Aaron Gordon last, last season too. If we got matched up with the Nuggets, there is no way. Like Luca Doncic, one of his best like qualities as a player is his ability to adjust. You know, most people know this. There is no, I I have to see it to believe. It. There is just no way I'm going to believe that Luca will be in a straight jacket like for an entire series. You know what I mean? Like Brooks, Brooks might get him, you know, Brooks might lock him up a little bit in the first game, you know, maybe a little bit of the second game. But after that, it's going to be like Brooks is not even there. I promise you. I promise you. Like he's going to fall out in at least two of them games in that series <laughs> if it goes like that. Because um, Brooks is low key kind of a hack too. Yeah, he's a, not even foul out. He's gonna get kicked out because Luca gonna be talking shit as he's giving him buckets and he's gonna do something stupid. Exactly. So I just, you know, I I let them think that, but I just have a hard time, you know, believing that Dylan Brooks is going to stop Luca in an entire like series. But um, beyond that, um, I just think it's a bad matchup um for the Grizzlies because the biggest reason is Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, Ja, Ja's going to get his buckets. I thought we defended him well, too, but he still had 35. And I know, you know, some of those buckets, people say, oh, yeah, it came in garbage time, whatever, whatever. Sure, but still, he was getting buckets against good defense. Ja's going to be Ja. Jaron Jackson Jr. Oof, he, Yeah, I can't remember other than, yeah, I can't remember. I know he played the game that they won when we didn't have Luca or KP, but when we have Luca and KP, especially KP, I can't remember a time where Jaron Jackson Jr. 
like cooked us. Maybe last season, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but it's a bad matchup for him. KP's length bothers him a lot. You know, he can't space. This is a bad, it's a bad matchup. Um, so I, if we get matched up with them, I feel good. It's going to be a tough people. I know Mavs fans are because we went 3-1. They think, oh, we're going to, I've seen people in my mental talk about, oh yeah, we're going to sweep the Grizzlies going to be a five-game series. Okay, I don't think that um, because they're still a good team. But I think we, we definitely could win. But um, like you said with the Warriors game, I didn't watch it. So <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. Um, it was late. I had a early, very early class the next morning, and I like to get, like, sleep before, um, like, on school nights, I, like, I prioritize sleep. Um, so yeah, I did not watch that. I woke up, saw the score, and said, "Yep, this is not a game that I would watch back anyway because it just looked horrible." Um, but the Blazers game, that game, I didn't watch live either. I sh- I should have. I had it pulled up. Um, I just fell asleep. I woke up at like one a.m. and like the screen was, "This game has ended." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> just like, "All right." So I slept literally the whole game. But I watched it back the next morning and. I mean, when we one thing I noticed with the team, if we're playing, if you can't defend, we are running you out the gym. Yeah, running yeah. you out the gym because we can defend. Like granted, the Portland game wasn't a great defensive game, but Portland can score, you know. Um, but as long as you outscore them, you're gonna win. But any like that brings us to the Pacers game. Like I knew that was gonna be granted. Like everyone knew it was gonna be a blowout. It, it was obviously it was gonna be a blowout because they cannot defend, and you know we know. Luca's going to be hyped for the game, you know, Porzingis, we thought, you know, before his injury, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, you know, we thought, we, you just knew it was going to be a blowout, like, if you thought there was going to be any other outcome, I don't know what you're watching, but, um, yeah, so I just, if, yeah, if you can't defend, don't bother come, you know, don't bother playing the Mavericks, because you will get um, blown out, so I like, um, I like the strides that we took on offense, you know, during this week too. Like I said, we were playing horrible defensive teams, but um, just the fact that we still scored because even I, even the Kings, granted we didn't have Luca, but even some of those Kings games, that first Kings game, we were we were in the nineties, you know, we were scoring like nineties and all that against bad defensive teams, and I'm like, we need to pick this up because I mean, Jason Kidd's offense. I'm, I'm still weary about it, even though I, I like what I've seen. I'm still weary about it just because all the post stuff, like which game was it? Um, uh, I think it was the against the Grizzlies, even though we won the game. Like, Luca was playing at the post a lot. Like, Luca at the post, like, Porzingis at the post. And it's post-heavy offense. I don't know. But um, I think with Luca on it, I'm never going to be – like so worried about the offense to the point where I think it's like a real like issue no so um I just I, I like what I'm seeing from the team and to talk about Porzingis and I I just don't like the fact that I know this team and this player so much because like certain things are such tells like we started the game against the Pacers like Porzingis was getting fried, bro, on defense. He was he could not move. And as soon as I saw that, like, like I just knew I was like, yeah, he's something's wrong. Like I I thought I thought he was gonna play the game, and then the next game they would say, oh, he's out with you know some injury. He checked out like after eleven minutes that like, he had knee soreness. And it's like, damn, you know, the fact that you can look at him, you know, just a couple plays and tell that something's not right, and. This is just the reality for, you know, for this as a player, you know, especially for his time on the Mavs. Like, it's, like, it's frustrating because I was, you know, giving him his credit, you know, early in the season when he was playing well. But in the back of your mind, you always kind of know he's going to get injured at some point. Um, or it's going to be, even if it's not a contact injury, like this one is knee soreness. But knee soreness is very triggering, especially to me, because every time it's knee soreness, he sits out like 10 games in a row. You know, like 10, five games in a row. And that is so frustrating, especially given the fact that we're in a tough spot with um, some of our upcoming free agents in Brunson and Finney Smith. And it's like everyone's saying, oh, do you want the Mavs to be locked into this team? 
we can't keep the both of them. They have to choose. If they y'all want new players, but you want to keep the same team, da da da. I get all that, but really sitting down and thinking about the situation, why do we have to be okay with letting go good players to keep mid ones, like or just ones that take up most of the cap and can't play, <laughs> you know, can't contribute to anything? Like, why am I supposed to be fine with Brunson walking or? Finney Smith walking or them trading them for cap relief when Tim Hardaway Jr. granted he's injured hate that for him but even before he was injured he's making all this money to be to not basically be the odd man out not fit the team Corzing is making all this damn money to barely play in half the games yet Brunson and Finney Smith missed the combined what, one game or one or two games between both of them and they're productive in those games and we got to be okay with them like just moving on I will not be okay with that I don't care I don't care what the situation is unless they um unless it's like a situation where we keep one and the other one is like a sign and trade and we get like good pieces back where I can stomach it like I'm gonna be upset like if they get traded but if we get good pieces back I can be fine with that if it's a situation like that sure but anything other than that, I am, you're not selling me on it, especially if Tim and KP and even Dwight Powell, some of these guys like Maxi, like I'm not even trying to single out Tim and KP, but if it's Maxi they want to move for cap relief, that's fine. You know, I, I like Maxi, he's a good regular player. He doesn't have my stamp for the postseason and all that. Um, he won't get my stamp <laughs> unless he shows me something different. But, um, Still, if they're moving him, they're, I like Powell, so I've grown very fond of Powell. People think I'm a Powell fan, but he has played well, and I feel he, like people... He, he's he been... He's a, good, he's a plus NBA player. Exactly. He doesn't they, stink. He does not stink at all, and he's, he's playing his role well, all that. I've grown fond of him, but if, you know, they're moving him, that's fine, you know, like, if they're doing all that, but I just cannot be okay with so much money, like, so much or a huge percent of the cap being tied up into less productive players. And I have to be okay with the more productive ones leaving. I just can't be okay with that. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that, um, you know, KP injury situation? Yeah, I, I've, between Twitter spaces and green rooms, and it's funny, I've ranted about this a lot. I haven't actually done it here, I don't think. Too, too much. I know I did a little bit last week, but to me, it's just obvious. Uh, the, the the path to this team to be real is replacing KP's salary slot with an actual star. Um, if you can't do that, you just got to get them off the books and get, because you, you look at, let, let's take KP as a center, right? For all mm -hmm. intents and purposes. Just compare his production, even his rim protection, with players, other players in the league, and it's like, dude, that's about a twenty million dollar a year player, and that, that's a twenty million dollar a year player that plays most of the games that don't have injury issues. So, I, I just, I, I think the key to whatever we do moving forward is going to be moving him, and. I'm of the belief, I don't think Jalen or Dorian are going anywhere because I don't think the Mavs are idiots. They, everything you just said, they, they know. Um, from what I've listened to Jake Fisher, like they love Dorian, they love Jalen. They know how important they are. So I don't think they are gonna let them dudes go. I think they are gonna figure out a way to get them other dudes. When Jason Kidd the other day said our two leaders, Luca and Jalen uh, got the job done. I was like, Ugh? Like that, that was interesting to me that, and if you paid it to Jason Kidd is very upfront with what he's about, what he likes, what he didn't like. Doc, J Jason Kidd messes with Jalen tough. I don't think that's just small talk. And I, I think vice versa too. Yeah. He gave him a glowing, like Jalen says they talk all the time. He says they, he be picking his brain. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's getting broken up. I don't think Dorian going anywhere either. And I know people are like Dorian wants fifteen million. Ah, Jalen wants twenty million. Ah, a lot of people want stuff, but don't get it right. We, we there's a lot of players that reportedly wanted or or 
reportedly are seeking and they get close to it, but they don't get that exact number. So I think they'll both be back. And I don't even know if the team will trade KP, but I, I just look at it. Um, Maxi, Maxi, we, we kill him. We say he don't have stamp. I agree with you. I can't stamp him. He's not, a, he's just folded. He, I feel like he's folded every single time we've played a good team. Yeah, against the Indiana Pacers, he had put up his career high in points, was career high in rebounds against some bums like them. But when the money on the line against a good team that's really, really pressuring him, he folds. He folds mm-hmm. like every time. And that dude make $9 million a year. Dwight, while he is a good, he's, he's, Dwight is a plus NBA player now. He's not great or anything of that nature, but he don't stink. I used to think he was the worst player in the NBA that actually got minutes. I can't say that no more. He's a, yeah, not even close. I didn't think it's close either. Like he's actually like, yeah, he's, he's a, pretty I, I think he would play for every team. It might only oh, be yeah. 10 to 15 oh, yeah. minutes, but he would get on the court with pretty much every team in the league at this point. Um, Especially now that, like, dude, Dwight is moving them feet, bro. Like, he's been, that's a thing. He, he, I can't, like, so Fed, one thing about Fed, which he's very gimmicky the way he stands power, but he has been telling people, and you know, it's, it's true, like, he can move his feet. The old defensive scheme just did not do him any favors whatsoever. No, no. Uh, Bib said it best. He's like basically letting people get a runway to jump on a trampoline to dunk on Dwight Powell. That's essentially what Rick, <laughs> Rick yeah. that's what Rick had Dwight doing. And now that you see him, like he, he can move his feet, he's athletic side to side. He can't protect nobody's rim, but he's he's decent. And I just think seeing that, I think a team, I think a team is going to, I think. Dwight Powell and Maxi both have positive trade value. Like I, so if the when the tough decisions are going to need to be made this summer, I, I think those one of those dudes are going to go because I think Cuban. I think we're going to win a first round playoff series, and if you just get rid of one of them and not take back much salary, you that's about like I don't know. Everyone keeps saying Cuban not going to pay the tax. Blah blah blah. You don't pay the tax for this team. I hate to break it to y'all. If unless your best player or players on rookie contracts, teams that win playoff series are in the tax. They tax teams, every single one of them, pretty much. So I don't know why it's this binary choice. Uh, if you resign Dorian, Dorian and Jalen, that means we're sticking with this team for forever and ever. That's just not true. I, I do. Dwight and Maxi are expiring contracts. We, they, them boys is going to be gone. Either we trade them or I don't think we can afford to bring them back. I think the market is going to pay them more than we can afford to pay them. So I think they out of here. And then at least one of them is out of here in the summer, maybe even in the next 10 days. But the, to me, the big elephant in the room, the big Latvian in the room, and let me be clear, this ain't me hating KP. I think KP's a solid player. But, like, man, he made too much money to be our second best player. And I just think that he got to go. He got to exactly. go. He got to go. He's not reliable in any way. He's not, if we being honest, he's not that reliable, even when he's healthy and on the court. Um, someone posted his stats for, like, what he's shooting in the fourth quarter, and they're abysmal. He's a oh, yeah, second half. He's a bad second half player. Yeah, he like if you, I don't give a damn. Even if he was healthy, even if he played all his games, even if all the little petty stuff, bro. If you can't, if you make that much money and just with our talent level, if you we can't rely on you in the clutch, you gotta go. And KP gotta go. Um, I hate to say it, but I think. I think we're attaching a bunch of picks to him or the combo of Maxie and Dwight in the summer. And that's why I think I th- it might even be Maxie and Dwight in like a first round pick or two for John Collins. And then you just give away KP for scraps just to make your books look right. But I'll put it to you like this. I'm to the point to where I'd bet money 
whenever the 23 season starts, that Jalen and Dorian will be in Mavs uniforms and one of KP, Dwight, and Maxi aren't. Like, there's no way we're running this whole team back next year. I just can't, I can't see it. I really, even if we, unless we like go make the finals or make the Western Conference finals, I, at that point, yeah, they're going to go ahead and run it, run it back and justifiably so. But we're not beating Golden State. We're not beating Phoenix. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's just, this was always the case. This was always the case. Like that poison just had to be mold. Everyone else who thought, um, Otherwise, like, oh, y'all wanted to trade KP, all that. That was all cute, you know, but this was always the reality. And the front office would be very, very, would, I won't say dumb, but it would be very, very um, unfortunate if they try to stick with him and they think the problem or their solution lies in other spots in the roster. You know what I mean? Like, Brunson, Finney Smith, them wanting what they want, monetary rise, that's not the issue here. <laughs> you know, that's not the issue. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Dorian wants um, 15 mil. Like, just let him walk if he wants that much. I mean, Dorian can want $15 million, but I highly doubt that he's going to get $15 million from anybody in free agency. I highly doubt that. I don't see that as his kind of market. Like, he's a very good player, you know, premium 3D guy. But if you look at the especially shooters that are, you know, in the 15, $16 million range. Like I'm thinking of like a Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard and Finney Smith are not in the same class as shooters. Like if we're being honest, you know, Luke Kennard can do a lot off the dribble. He's a movement shooter, all that. Um, so, okay. You know, Duncan Robinson, all these, he's very overpaid, but he was an elite, you know, sniper when he got his money. You know, you're looking at Joe Harris, another elite sniper. Um, Finney Smith's good, you know, percentage-wise especially, but he's a spot-up shooter. Like, he's not taking off the dribble threes. Um, he's not, like, really running off screens or anything like that. He's not a movement shooter. He's a spot-up shooter. And he can defend, but he's not an elite defender to the point where he doesn't have any, like, all, you know, defensive selections or anything like that. So I don't, I don't see teams, you know, giving him 15 mil. I don't see it, but he's a definitely, like, a I could see 12 being like the max. Um, I think that's around his market. Um, but yeah, we'll see. That's the people are saying, yeah, he wants 15 million. He doesn't mean he's going to get it. And yeah. Shooter wanted $25 million. He got five. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so. Dor- Dor- Dorian has MLE money. The deal yeah. that uh, Jay Crowder is on right now, um, maybe a little bit more than that. To be honest with you, the reason why I was worried about Dorian leaving much more than Jalen is because you know, half the NBA is going to have the MLE, 11, yeah. the MLE. Mm-hmm. he fits everywhere so he he's hell he's going to be able to pick whatever situation he want to go to and the money going to be about the same but what I think because half the team has MLE I think we're going to go ahead and throw a couple extra M's per extra, year yeah I think so and, that's why I'm thinking 12 I'm thinking yeah, 11 12. yeah yeah I think he's going to get I think the MLE is going to be in like 11 if you get the full years, it ends up being 11 per year for four years from an outside team. I see us doing like 12 for five or uh, 12 and a half for four. Just, hey, we, you, we, we want you here. Take these extra M's and you know your situation. And that's going to be kind of wild because Dorian Deadass would probably end up retiring to Maverick if he signs that deal. Yeah. I'm just looking at his how old Dorian is. I'm like, bro, he that's pretty much gonna be his whole. He, he might. That's a long ass time. Huh? Dor- I didn't realize Dorian had been in the league this long. I thought it was only like five years. Now Dorian been here. Like what year six, seven? Yeah, 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 year seven. Year seven, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just think, um, I just there's no way I'm going to um, just be okay with them letting one of them go i i, I, I don't think it's gonna happen actually. i don't think it's gonna happen either know. um but yeah i just i hope not because i just oh my god i'm afraid of who i will become if <laughs> that actually happens no it, um, it, 
it's a, it's a, it's totally understandable. I think you're being more reasonable about it in our fan base, in our corner of Twitter. There's a lot of people I call Mavs nihilists. They think the worst is going to happen in every transaction and situation for us. And it's like, dog, like all the, what if he leaves? Like, I don't think that the, 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 the uh, Mavs front office and Eagle and them is talking to his agent. You think they have no idea what's going on with him? Like, come on, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying too. Like, I'm like, the front of, like, we're just guessing on Twitter. We're fans. We're not yeah. to any of that information. They talk to his agent. They have a relationship with his agent, with Jalen. He's a guy they drafted too. So, you know, the relationship is there. Like, same with Finney Smith. He's a guy that's been with us since the start. I did just no way. I just believe they're just so clueless about um, these guys' plans. Now, granted, I don't know how transparent, you know, the conversations are, um, but they're conversations that are happening. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I, I, I mean, whatever perspective you want to take on it, if you want to be, you know, negative because you're triggered based on the track record you know of the front office fine um if you want to be extremely positive because you just think the best or very highly of the front office that's fine too but um for me personally i'm just gonna try to think you know try to think logically about it and try to be reasonable about the scenario um because at the end of the day um it's it's a new front office and they had to clean up a mess. I feel like everyone has acknowledged that they had to clean up a mess um, that Donnie and them, you know, created. So I will give them a little bit more slack on that. But um, at the end of the day, they, I don't know, I don't, I don't have a feel for them yet because we haven't really seen big moves from them. All they did was fucking um, trade. Did they trade Jay Rich? Yeah, they traded Jay Rich for, um, you know, Moses and a TP and they signed Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. To me, those moves aren't, you know, enough for me to get a feel for what um what the front office is. So I'm just in kind of wait and see mode. I'm gonna just wait and see what they're gonna do, especially at the trade deadline. Like I think if they just ride this trade deadline out, I'll be a little slightly concerned. Um, because I'm like, okay, they're content with running things back and it's fine like you said chemistry and all that but the team's not perfect um, so I would hope they are looking for like a kind of a around the margins trade if anything um but yeah I'm just I'm just waiting and seeing like to me I can't be defending or trashing this front office because I have not seen pretty much anything from them yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I uh, People, like, even with Mark Cuban, like, his track record isn't, I'm going to let good players walk. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's so much more likely we overpay Jalen and Dorian. If you think Mark Cuban runs the team and this is his show, it's so much more likely he overpays uh, Jalen and Dorian, then they walk scot free. That's just, that's why I keep saying, well, based on our track record, it's like, when have they let somebody go? Like, you know, people bring up Steve Nash, but I'm old, man. I, and I, I don't have a good memory, but the one thing I can remember is how Dallas Maverick basketball seasons have ended. And that, plus, there's a lot of selective memories. Steve Nash was getting his ass fricasseed and fried by Mike Bibby that last playoff series before he hit free agency. He couldn't guard him, and he wasn't exactly getting his licks back to the extent that I really, in, in my opinion, like, C-Man's better than Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby was cold, but he was getting his ass fried. He couldn't get around them screens to save his life, and he, he literally had a fucking fucked up back. So i think that's different than with jalen and dorian doing like jalen's still young dorian's still young there's no injury history the dude's not going nowhere um they are so I'm, I'm getting tired of talking about it now watch they get traded tomorrow for like jeremy grant <laughs> oh brother oh my goodness so uh, yeah i jeremy grant is just 
he's a name that I, I, I just don't know about, I, hey, you know? Hey, I, I'm telling you, KP for Jeremy Grant and uh, Kelly Olenek from, from my mouth to God's ears, baby. Let's go. I take that. He get all the shots. Give him KP shots. He'd be happy with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I could be talking to that, but um, yeah, I, I just yeah, it's he's he's interesting. I don't think he gets moved honestly. I think teams are scared <laughs> about his demand. I think I think they're scared unless it's like a, a team like the Kings, the Kings, because I know they moved on from Ben Simmons, so they're probably looking at you know Grant. I know they were looking at Sabonis and all that. I think maybe the Kings are like a sneaky team for him because he's gonna get shots. You know, who's there to take shots other than like Fox and um, Halliburton. So he's gonna get his fair share of shots and um, they need to shake it up. I'm tired of the Kings. And you talk tired. about a team that need to mix it up. Like they, yeah. things, they have good players. And I get the feeling like whenever they trade, they, whenever they pull their cam trade, where they just dump one of them point guards, Either Halliburton, Halliburton too good. I ain't gonna put on it. But if they get rid of Fox or or Healed, like I think they are gonna start winning. They just have to get rid of them dudes. Like it's the same thing. It's too many, too many egos, too many. Oh, here we go again. Once shit go left, and they gotta break that up. But yeah. I don't know. Um, did you have anything else you want to touch on this week before we wrap it up? No, but um. There's a report from the Toronto Star that said the Raptors um, are not confident. Uh, I can't even find it anymore. But confident wasn't the word they used, but they, it was um, the Raptors have deals for Goran Dragic that they can pull the trigger on at the deadline. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They didn't detail, like, who the teams were that Toronto was talking to or anything like that. But um, just that there are probably some deals out there that they could so they could get something tangible for Dalkin. So honestly it might not be a buyout. Um so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Dragic. I know a lot of Mavs fans still think oh he's coming here, he's coming here one way or another. I think so I think that's the case if it's a buyout, definitely. But um if it's a trade, yeah, there's no way we're gonna be No, there's teams like I know he makes a lot of money, but there's teams that fit where he would fit and he would play. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, I would have loved the Cavs for him, um, you know, before they trade for Rondo. I, I don't think they're looking at him now, especially since, like you said, he's making that money. Oh, but he'd be good on He would have been great on the Cavs because he would have played. Obviously, mm-hmm. he a great role and all that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I, if he doesn't get bought out or he does get traded, I think we will also – because we got that TPE, and with Tim being out, they're going to use that. They they have a, they're going to do something, and I think yeah. they're they're going to wait to see what Goran is going to do. And if he ain't showing up, they're going to use that TPE to go get somebody who can dribble. I don't think I think our I don't I would like for them to go pursue a big, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Um, we'll see though. We'll see. Yeah. I uh, I would I really I need somebody to, an investigative reporter. If we could use your connect at the Guardian to figure out how what what did Dennis Schroeder do? Because he only is making what six million dollars, and no one wants him, even for six million dollars. I've been list like I said I list all the trade. Everyone's saying like he's available for a second round pick. Like, bro, what? Uh, something, there's something on his resume. There's something that hasn't leaked out that he, he, he teams just won't know parts of him. But I, I just think it's, 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 it's probably his play style a little bit because he can't shoot. He's, or I won't say he can't shoot, but he's not a great shooter. Um, he's kind of a, so he's a guard that's going to need the ball. He's a bench guard. You know, you probably don't want him with your starters. And it's like, I just, you know, he's, he's a okay defender. I just don't think his play style is something that teams are, like, clamoring, clamoring for. You know what I mean? Like, I think he'd be, like, if the Mavs wanted to take a swing, that's fine. Because at this point, we need a little, I think we need a little more bench juice, even though we're doing it by committee. But still, just to have that one guy that can, like, truly get a bucket for himself off the bench, 
that'd be great. So that's fine. But I just think his skill set and what he provides. I, I don't think right now, at least, I don't think there's a team that's like in desperate need um, for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I went to face. I think, side note, before we wrap out, I want to get this thought off my chest. I, I, I love Tim Hardaway. I'm a Tim guy. I was a Tim guy when he was in college. I'm happy Tim got his career together here. But I actually think it's better for the Dallas Mavericks that he's not an option to be in closing lineups for the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I really, I really truly believe that. And I think, I mean, I'm biased because Reggie went nuts. I saw it with my own two eyes in person. And like, dude, Reggie will get shoot like 43% for the last month. And it tracks with his career. Like, he starts off slow, then he goes fucking John Blaze the rest of the season. And I think when you, to win a playoff game or against a good team, Reggie instead of Tim, I think it's better. Uh, I really. Yeah, we've been saying, like, even before we got um he, before he got injured we have said on this pod like y'all could check check the dates check the dates but <laughs> we legit said Tim addition by subtraction that's probably yeah. probably the best course of action with dealing with the you know Tim issue and you know I hate I hate 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 that he got injured especially a fracture on this court I really hate it and I still love Tim you know even though he's struggling and all that still one of my favorite maps of all time yeah. but um this, you know, I the fact that we're seeing some of this addition by subtraction, it yeah, yeah, it's it's just like I thought <laughs> um, that I think his production can be you know made up by committee, and he just probably need just a just a little more offensive just juice off the bench, but um that's why I made the suggestion of Tim. I felt bad because this was like one day before he got injured, but I said Tim and a first, or I think it was probably the same day I tweeted it, um, but just early in the day, but Tim and a first for Kenrich Williams. And everyone was like, oh, um, Kenrich Williams a first? It, but the first isn't necessarily for Kenrich Williams. It's to pay OKC to take his you know, contract. Um, so we're just giving, and it will be lottery protected, first of all, it's not, or, or some protections, whatever protections are, not just an unprotected first, but um. With the, I just believe, like I said, Henrich Williams, he could provide, you know, some shooting. He's not going to average, like, double-digit points or anything like that. But we don't need that. Like I said, we can make all those points up by committee. So, I don't know. I I doubt Tim gets moved. Like you said, no one wanted him in the first place, and now he's injured. Yeah. So, I doubt they could um, get someone to absorb him. Granted, I don't, he's not out for, like, the whole season or anything, but it would be well beyond the trade deadline. Um, so, yeah. I, and I, I just, Tim makes so many mistakes uh, down the stretch against good teams defensively. And let's be honest, he's, his shot creation in the fourth quarter isn't as important because there's Luka and Jalen, right? Okay. So he's basically a spot-up shooter and Look, man, I know the sniper is still only shooting like 33% for the year, but like that man, I don't know, bro. I, I think he's going to cook the rest of the season. I just do. It tracks with his career. So and when you put Reggie out there, we know even when Reggie be doing cardio, he's still a good defender. Like I, even when he ain't making threes, he still is a neutral player. Does that make sense? Like he's not hurting the team when he's not making threes when he's putting up three and five points he's he's still guarding his man and you know he started making threes i just think against a real team i, I, I hate to say it it's addition by subtraction I, I feel so dirty saying it though yeah i know that's what i was saying that's why i keep prefacing that i hate that he's injured because i don't want it to seem like you know we're happy that he did get injured or anything uh, like that but like that's why I, oh I said too that we said this before he got injured. Like yeah. I truly believe in this, you know, addition by subtraction with the Tim situation. I thought that was the best solution um, here. Like we don't even need like people are saying, oh if we get rid of Tim, we need to get like another shot creator. So I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'm just intrigued by. I still think 
with this addition by subtraction, I still think we need just a little bit more offensive juice off the bench. Yeah. Because like, you know, Josh Green, like um he he played a good, you know, overall game in a Pacers game, but he started off rough. He was not great on defense. He was mm-hmm. not great on offense. He was very rough to start the game. Um and he was able to play through his minutes and you know get better as the game went along. But not every game is going to be like that. There's going to be some games where he's making mistakes and he can't get it together. So if he can't, you know, and if you're relying on him, granted, I know we have Frank too. And, you know, when Sterling gets healthy, he should help. But if you're kind of relying on, you know, like a Josh Green <laughs> to, to give you offense off the bench, I don't like that. And right now, I think we're relying on him to give a little bit of offense off the bench. And I don't like that. Yeah, we, we, we need to, we need someone, to, if it's not Drogic, Dennis Schroeder, it has to be a human being who can get a bucket. Um, and I think that... Or at least run the offense, because yeah. right now we don't have a point guard off the bench. And I mean, it's fine because they stagger Brunson and Luca's minutes too, so Brunson plays with the bench um, a lot too, but still, like, I saw where there's cases where, remember that when um, Brunson, I think he, like, tweaked his ankle a little bit so he had to come out and yeah. Luca had to get some rest and Tim was playing point. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was like horrible. Like we lost like I think we like gave up a huge run. And it happened before. So I just want someone that could at least stabilize things. And Frank, you know, he played point guard, but he's not that's not his role. Frank is a three and D guy. Um that can play make some. But he shouldn't be running a whole unit. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. We we will see. I I, I got to get over it. But I, I just think Tim being out because Tim was always gonna play in the clutch. He was always gonna be in the floor at the end of the game. And yeah. you you swap him out for Reggie, and it's it's gonna work out. I actually feel better. I hate to say this, I feel better about beating a Golden State or a uh, a Phoenix if that's Reggie instead of Tim down the stretch but anyway we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up we thank y'all for listening to another episode uh of 21 going on 77 i'm the vet dwight at 517-2214 join again with young sj at sj basketball eight thank y'all for listening oh uh this is something i've never done before but i didn't realize how important this is Hey, if, if y'all could like like and review, give us them five star joints in Apple. Um, it helps us make the podcast become more visible. Uh, I didn't realize how important it was till we got a couple. I'm like, damn, that actually does. We just randomly show up now in certain places. So please, pretty, pretty please like, subscribe, five star reviews. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your cousin and them to listen to us we would really appreciate it and finally i want to give a shout out to my guy my uh, my mutual at real sports 89 mavs and the boys he hooked me up with the tickets um i bought my playoff tickets for him from him back shoot when he's in the playoffs and he just blessed me with him for, for basically well for free and he didn't have to do that um so shout out to you my guy you, you, my man, 50 grand. I really appreciate it. So that's it. We will holler at y'all later. Peace.